You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Pijamish, Israel 5783-2022. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Lech Lecha, and our Parsha is chock-full of interesting concepts, ideas, stories about Avram Avinu, Abraham, the beginning, the patriarch of the Jewish people, and his wife Sarah, Sarah Imenu, who together would have a child named Yitzchak, Next week's Parsha would be also patriarch of the Jewish people, the beginning of the Jewish people. So this is, in a certain way, the essence, right? Whenever we have the beginning of something, we always have its essence, its root. And from the essence of the idea, we can understand all of the many offshoots of the concept. And when we look at Avram Avinu and we look at Sarah, so we see a team. We think of, I think of, many different teams in, in, in Torah writings. We have teams of Geula, Moshe Rabbeinu, Aaron, Miriam. We have other teams of Geula, Mordechai and Esther. And on through history. So here we have Avraham and Sarah. And as the Torah tells us, as Rashi tells us, as the Medrash tells us, Avraham was Megayer, the men. He would teach the men about God and Sarah would teach the women about God. So they were an incredible team, and they came together to the land of Israel at the behest of God. And they came here to inspire people to, to believe in, in one God. Now, in our parasha, so the Torah tells us that, very interestingly, we need to understand the concept of this, that Avram Avinu started off with the name Avram, and his name was changed to Avraham. Sarah was originally named Sarai, and her name was changed to Sarah. What is the concept of the name change? And it's also very interesting because it's clearly related and connected to them being able to have children together. Pasuk says like this, Pasuk, it's in Perak Yudzayin, Pasuk Tezvav, chapter 17, verse 15, el Avraham. God said to Abraham, Sarai ishtecha loitikra eshema Sarai ki Sarashima. Sarai, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarai, it will be changed to Sarah. Instead of the Yud at the end of her name, it will be replaced with a He. Uveirachti says in the next verse, I shall bless her. I will bless her, I will give her from you a child, a son. I will bless her, and there will be nations that will come from her. Abraham falls on his face and he laughs. So he says, Can it be? He's, he's, he can't believe it. He can't believe it. Of course, he does believe it. Right? He doesn't. He rejoiced, as the uncle says, He rejoices. And he says in his heart, Wow, it's unbelievable. A hundred-year-old man is going to give birth. A ninety-year-old woman is going to give birth. And Avram mentions that, what about Yishmael? And Hashem reassures him, don't worry. Hashem says, don't worry. You're going to have a child who will be named Yitzchak, which means laughter, interestingly. He 
He will be the one who will continue the covenant between myself and you, says Hashem to Avraham. So Yishmael is also going to be a great nation. He's going to have 12 princes who come from him. But your main progeny is going to come from Avram Avinu, I'm sorry, from Yitzchak, your son, that you're going to have with Sarah. So that's the conversation that Avram Avinu has with God. And it's a very interesting conversation. Like, what's this back and forth? What's the idea? Why does there, where does there need to be a name change? Why does that seem to be the prerequisite for them to be able to have children together? Why is there talk about Yishmael? What is the distinction between Yitzchak versus Yishmael? Why is it that Yitzchak indeed carries on the spiritual legacy of Avram Avinu, while Yishmael doesn't seem to be the one who's going to carry on that spiritual legacy in the same way as Yitzchak would? So what's the understanding of this? So I'd like to share with you a beautiful Medrash. And, and uh, you know, as we read the Medrash, so we're going to ask questions, we're going to try to understand what the Medrash is saying, what's the, what's the foundation of the Medrash. So God said to Avram Avinu that your, your wife Sarai, her name will be changed and will no longer be Sarai, it will be Sarah. We're taking out the Yud, we're putting in a hay. So now the Medrash says something which is, at first, a little bit hard to understand. Pasuk says in Mishlei, chapter 12, verse 4, A woman of valor is the crown of her husband. What is the idea that a wife is the crown of her husband? So this is not true of all wives, say the Mephorshim. Right? This is a unique praise of the tzaddikes, of the righteous wife, of the one who is on a very high level, someone who's an outstanding wife. For example, Sarah Imenu. Says something which is hard to understand, a little bit opaque, the statement, but he says that the husband is crowned by the wife, and the wife is not crowned by the husband. Right? The verse says that she's the crown of her husband. So she, if we can imagine a crown, let's think of a crown, you put the crown on the head, right? So she is the crown on the head of her husband, but he is not her crown. What does this mean? It's hard to understand, but it seems that the Hemshech, the continuation, which is the other, another statement of the sages, Rabbonin Amri, Martala Baila. She is the, she is the one in charge of her husband. Okay, so, so this is very, challenging, we could say, right? Because it makes it sound like there's a great mila, a great advantage where the wife is the one in charge. Let's see the words. Generally speaking, the man is the one who makes the decree. The wife follows the decree of her husband. However, here, Hashem says to Avram Avinu, when it came to sending away Yishmael, Yishmael was having a negative effect on Yitzchak, so, Sarah instructed Avram that we have to send away this child, Yishmael, along with Hagar, the, the Shifcha, the maidservant. So, Hashem says to Avram, even though he was loath to do so, it's his son, it's his, it's his offspring, it's his flesh and blood. Nevertheless, Hashem says, whatever Sarah says to you, you should do. So, Hashem clearly states that Sarah Imenu, in a certain sense, is the one who is to be listened to 
and who is going to inform the decisions, let us say, that Avram Avinu is to do. In the deeper sources, when they speak about the concept of the crown, which is Keser, Keser, and Atara is the crown. In speaking about the crown, so it always refers to the concept of Ratzon, always, generally refers to the concept of Ratzon, of, of desire, which is the root of a decision. A decision is made from where? Does it come from our intellect? That's the Chachma and the Bina, the wisdom, the intuition, or does it come from a higher place? The actual decision itself is from a place called Keser, which is the crown, which is placed above the head. So based on that, we understand that Sarah is the one who's the crown of Avraham. She's the one who is to inform his decisions. She has a certain, as the Meforshim explain, as is perhaps well known, Sarah Yimeno on a certain level has a greater level of Ruach HaKadosh, of divine inspiration, than Avraham himself. And therefore, he, he listens to her. He is to listen to her. When she says that you have to send away Yishmael, she has a deeper understanding in a certain sense that needs to be taken into account, needs to be reckoned with, and the decision needs to be based on her statement. Okay, that's the Medrash, which of course needs explanation because is that a general principle that a husband should always listen to the wife? Is Do we say, do we say that, certainly it does say that generally speaking, the husband is the one who makes the command and the wife is the one who follows. So if that's the case, so then what does it mean over here? It seems to be a Milo. It seems to be a, a greater, a greater type of wife, a, a more exalted type of wife who's able to guide her husband, who has a deeper level of understanding than her husband. How are we to understand this? Is that an ideal? So now the, the rest of the Medrash seems to be as is often the case with a Medrash. Medrash says something which seems to be cute, and I'm loath to use the word cute, but it says something which seems to be, you know, like something that they teach in kindergarten, and clearly Chazal, when they taught these ideas, they didn't mean something cutesy. They didn't mean something, uh, you know, on the level of kindergarten. They meant something very deep and very holy, and we need to understand what they meant and not take it for simply face value. The Yud that Hashem took from Sarai. Her name was Sarai, and now her name became Sarah. Right? So what happened to that Yud? So, So the Yud, the value of the letter Yud, the Gematria, is 10. If you take the 10 and you split it in half, you have 5 and 5. Right? The value of the letter He which is replacing the Yud in Sarah's name, is five. So there's two fives that get you to that Yud, that letter Yud. One of them went to Sarah, and one of them went to Avraham. That's what the Medrash says. So the Yud of Sarah was split between them. What does this mean? It's very cute. Yud is ten, divided by two, five, two fives. One goes to Sarah, one goes to Avraham. What is the Medrash's, what is the Medrash teaching us? What is the message of the Medrash? So Rabbi Shimon ben Yechai says another idea with this. The Yud that Hashem took from Sarai, it flew up and it was hovering in front of the throne of God's glory. 
excuse me, Amar Lefanov, Ribbana Shalom Vishil Shani Kitano, Yud says in front of Hashem, because I'm the smallest letter, therefore I should be removed from the great righteous woman, Sarah. It doesn't seem fair. Why I'm so little? Because I'm not a chash of letter. I'm not such a, an important letter. I'm such a small letter. Therefore, I should be removed from her great name, from this righteous woman's name. Hashem says to him, says to the Yud, In the past, you were in the name of a female. And you were the last letter of her name. I'm going to take you and I'm going to put you into the name of a male, of, of a man. And you're going to be the first letter of his name. Moshe Rabbeinu calls Yehoshua, who is to be the next leader of the Jewish people. He changes his name from Hoshea, adds a Yud at the beginning of his name to become Yehoshua. So the letter Yud was transferred from Sarai to Yehoshua. That was the answer to, to the Yud's complaint. Again, we need to understand the depth of what the Medrash is saying. What does it mean that a letter flies up in front of Hashem and complains and says, where did, what's, where's the fairness of taking me out? What does it mean that a letter is part of the name of a tzaddik, a tzaddikas? What does it mean that it's moved over to Yehoshua? And then the, the, the Medrash, the final piece in the Medrash is three lines. It says something which is pretty famous. Perhaps we can have a deeper understanding of it. Om Rabbi Mana, the Sha'avar Haisa Sarai La'atzma. What happens with this change of Sarai's name from Sarai to Sarah? Sarai means my princess. It means a personal princess. A Sar or a Sarah is a princess. Sarai means my princess. She was a princess to herself. She was a personal princess, maybe to Avram Avinu, or maybe as Mephorshim say, only to the people of Haran, to her own people where she grew up, she was Makariv, she she brought many people within her original hometown to the awareness of Hashem. But now her mission was changing and she was going to be somebody who would bring who who would bring this awareness, who would be a princess in relationship to the entire world. Because now, perhaps we could say, now she is going to have a child who through him she would become her message of spirituality of, of the one God of Abraham and Sarah would be transmitted to the entire world. Everyone in the world would know about the one God. Why? Because of this child she was about to have. So she would become a princess to the entire world. So we need to understand the depth of this. Also, it's very interesting. They, 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 there's a different gear over here. There's two different possibilities of what it's supposed to say. Sarai la'atma versus Sarai la'umasa. She was just a, a princess for her own people originally. But the version of our, the, our version of the measure says Sarai la'atma to herself, which sounds like it's only her by herself. So let's try to understand what's going on here. You know, every time, we study something together. Every time as I'm preparing, I learn with my son, Baruch Hashem Moshe Dov, and I try to understand what's going on, and a person, by asking the right questions, can be led to an insight, 
as to what is going on, as to what the intent of the Medrash is. And trying to understand this Medrash, trying to understand the depth of the Medrash, the, the line that I honed in on, I noticed, is that it says that the Yud was split in half and became hey and hey, two letter Hays. And one was given to, to Sarah and one was given to Avraham. What is the idea? What is the depth of that statement of our sages in this Medrash? And the feeling that I had was that Hashem dropped this idea into my mind. And I think that this is really what the Medrash is saying. It's very clear to me. The Medrash is saying something powerful. The Medrash is saying that Sarai, when she was La'atzma, when she was to herself, so to speak, when she was alone, even though she was married to Avram Avinu, there needed to be a deeper connection between them. There needed to be something more than just the fact that they were married. There needed to be a melding of their intellect, of their minds, a melding of their decision-making process, that it wasn't just Avraham making decisions, it wasn't just Avraham having a child alone with another woman named Hagar, a child named Yishmael. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted specifically that these two people, Avraham and Sarah, their powerful union, their powerful spiritual union, intellectual union, emotional union, would create a child named Yitzchak. They were a certain, they were, they, each of them had a certain power, spiritual power. Hagar, she came to learn from Sarah, she came to, to be part of the family of these incredible spiritual giants. But she was not on a level of who Sarah was. Sarah was, she was a princess. She was someone who could lead others. She was someone who could bring people to the truth. And so HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted that Avram and Sarah as a team should be able to bring a human being into the world named Yitzchak who would indeed be the forefather of the entire Jewish nation who would bring the message of God to the entire world. But it needed to come through the two of them together. And interestingly, and I don't know if I have a clear, a full clear explanation of it, but it needed to be a combination of their kochos, of Avraham and Sarah. They needed to come together. The Yud of Sarah was specifically split into two, and each half was given, one to Sarah and one to Avram, because each of them separately could not create the nation that was the people of Israel, could not create this incredible, powerful nation by themselves. Sarai couldn't do it by herself, and Avraham couldn't do it by himself. They had to do it by coming together. They had to create this nation through the combination of their minds. Right? Avram, listen to Sarah. Avram, don't do your own thing. You guys need to work together in order to bring about this nation. If Sarah says that this child, Yishmael, is not the one who's going to, is not the one who's going to be your spiritual heir. As Hashem tells him right now in this parsha, Sarah says, send him away because he's not the, he's, he's having a negative effect on my son, on Yitzchak. Avram has to acknowledge that and recognize that, that his spiritual power alone, which is represented by Yishmael, Yishmael only has the spiritual power from his father, not from his mother. It's stated explicitly by Marsha in Sanhedrin on Daf Yubayz. Check it out. Yubayz Amaral, page 12a. He only has the spiritual power from his father. 
But Yitzchak is to have the spiritual power from his father and his mother. And it's from them coming together, which is represented by the hay and the hay. Sarai loses out, right? She loses her yud, right? The letter yud is saying, I've lost. I've been removed. I've been removed from the story. And the yud always represents the spiritual. Right? That's the spiritual power. The hay represents the physical realm. But the, but the incredible thing is, the incredible thing is that as Avram and Sarah come together, spiritually, physically, and intellectually, right, she becomes the, the one who directs his decisions. But that really means he is, he's recognizing her importance in his decision-making process. So they become one. They, they draw their ruts on together. They become one. They're, they're, she becomes the Ateris vial. She becomes the crown. She's not separate. She is his crown. She's the one who directs and guides him. But they're coming together. The hay plus the hay is still yud. Right? As long as Avraham and Sarah are together, you still have the yud. You still have the full ten. Because five plus five is ten. As long as they're together, so, so they're, that yud is still there. The yud is still there. It's not lost. And that, I believe, is expressed in the fact that the yud complains and says, Hey, where did I go? And Hashem says, Don't worry, there's going to be later on a great-great-grandson. His name is going to be Yehoshua, who's going to be a product of this union. Just as Yitzchak is a product of this union. Interestingly, Yitzchak also starts with a yud. But Yehoshua, who is going to be the leader of the Jewish people, who's going to bring the Jewish people into the land of Israel, who's going to... to lead them in vanquishing the nations there who serve idolatry that offspring Yehoshua who represents the the power of the Jewish people as a nation who represents that you are not just for yourself Sarai La'atzma well, as long as the Yud was just by Sarah was the one who had the Yud had the spiritual connection but at the moment that she shared it with Avraham she became someone who was going to have an impact on the entire world through a nation that would be born from her, through a Yehoshua who would eventually be born from her offspring, who would lead the Jewish people into a destruction, a destruction of the nations who were there, which represented idolatry and illicit behavior. That was her spiritual legacy, which she offered by losing the Yud, by giving up, or sharing, I would say, her spiritual power with her husband Avraham, so it's an incredible idea, and it, it underscores something which actually I've been listening recently. Baruch Hashem, Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Perzel, Zangazuni should be healthy and well. He gave a, he's giving a vad, a musr vad, and he's explaining, based on the altar of Navardic, the importance of a chabur, the importance of having others to share ideas of spirituality with, to encourage each other, to be able to have a spiritual outlook on life, to be able to be mechazik ourselves, to, to strengthen ourselves with our spiritual outlook. I couldn't help but notice that this is very much the message of this Medrash. The Medrash is telling us that Sarah on her own could not have that spiritual effect on the world. She was just a Sarai la'atzma. She was just a princess to herself. Perhaps a princess to her nation, to, to her original environs. But in order to have an impact globally, she needed to combine forces with Avraham and they needed to have a child together which was, would combine his spiritual power with her spiritual power. When we connect with others, whether it's our spouse, we need to, you know, sometimes we think differently than, oftentimes, right? We think differently than our spouses. 
We think differently than our children. We think differently than the people around us who are all trying in our own way to have a spiritual connection. The message of this medrash is, I need to listen to those around me. I need to hear the spiritual direction that my wife has, that my children have, that my friends have, that my teachers have. I may have developed, I may have developed a, a spiritual path, but I also need to be open to others who also are alongside me on this journey. And I lift up you and you lift up me. We lift up each other. And we stag, we grow. And we become much more effective when we're able to include others in our decision-making process. And I believe that's the, the teaching of this Medrash. A woman of valor becomes the, the, becomes the crown of her husband. When you recognize the spirituality, the greatness, the, the intuition of those around us, and we incorporate other people's opinions into our own gisha, into our own approach to life, obviously the positive opinions, the spiritual opinions, we become greater. We, they, that person becomes the crown of who we are. We involve others, and we can't do it by ourselves. The yud that that person has, or the yud that I have, until we start listening to each other, until we start forming a group, until we start forming a consensus of opinion, based on true spiritual goals until we become to do that so we're just by ourselves we're just the prince for ourselves we haven't yet become a prince with a message that communicates to others so I want to bless you and I, and I ask you to bless me Hashem should help us that we should indeed be able to be open to those around us be open to the spiritual message of others Hashem should help us that we should be able to share our own spiritual message with others as well and together we should be able to form a singular, a singular group whose goal is to develop in our service of Hashem and whose goal is to communicate the importance of that service of Hashem to the entire world around us. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.